Hey, everybody, this is Danielle Savory, and you are listening to It's My Pleasure, episode number 159. In order for a woman to fully step into her power, it is essential to incorporate her pleasure, sexual, and beyond. In this podcast, I will teach you how to use your mind, tap into your body, and take action to creating the most orgasmic life. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. How's everyone doing this week? I am so happy to be here. To be honest, I've actually started and stopped this episode multiple times because I think that it's really hard to create this very clear distinction about what I'm talking about when we're talking about caring versus caretaking. But we are going to take on this topic because I think it is so important that we get down to the nuance of what it means to care for someone versus being their caretaker and how it has an ultimate impact on how we show up with desire, with attractiveness, with like lustfulness and like deep intimacy connection that we're really, really wanting with our romantic partners. Now, to start with, I think that it's obviously important that we care for the person that we're in intimate relationships with. Now, I don't mean just somebody that you're having sex with, right? Like, there's a number of reasons you might choose to be having sex with someone. And there's a number of reasons that that's amazing and great. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about like deep, intimate connection that happens in more of the long-term partnerships or marriage when we are genuinely loving towards and feeling love for the other person that we're in a relationship with. And caring for that other person is a huge part of it. So when we care for somebody, we are genuinely hoping for their overall well-being. We want them to be happy. We want them to feel loved. We want them to have a fulfilling life and have these, you know, great decisions that they're making in their life that lead them down and leading the kind of life that they want to be having. We are present in conversations with them. We have empathy for them. We have compassion for them. These are all part of the definitions that go into caring for someone. Now, caretaking for someone might look similar to caring because when you care for someone, you do do things for them. You might say things to them that are complimentary, that are encouraging, that help them through a trying time. And you might offer support, like helping them out in some way, helping them on a challenge that they're having in their life, helping them, you know, relieve some of the stress in their life so they can go after their dream, helping make sure that they have, you know, a clean place to eat and sleep or helping them with food, right? All of those things can be representative of somebody you are caring for. They can be outward gestures and outward actions that are showing that you care for this person. However, they can also be actions of when you are caretaking for someone by supporting them through making sure that their overall well-being is okay, making sure that they're taken care of, making sure that they have food to eat, a clean place to rest, that they're supported in you know, their dreams or their place of work or whatever it might be. So what is the difference and why does it even matter? 
The way that I see the main difference between caring for someone and doing things out of genuinely care and love for someone versus caretaking for them is really the tone behind the motivation, some of the thoughts that you might be thinking, some of the agreements that you got into when you're deciding to do these things for the person, and the overall feeling that you have whether or not you do these things. So when you're caretaking for someone, there is a sense of responsibility. You might look to this person as a dependent, whether or not you're getting paid or not to take care of this person. Like if you're a parent, right, you are the caretaker for your children. They are dependent on you to, you know, for a number of different things to provide them with, you know, safety, security, food, nutrition, all of these sorts of things. You are their caretaker. I used to do caretaking for my Grammy. So when I was caretaking for my Grammy, it was a decision and responsibilities that I had decided ahead of time, you know, going grocery shopping, doing the meal planning, cooking the meals, making sure her fridge was well stocked, helping, you know, do her laundry, clean her house, making sure she was really set up for the week when I was doing these caretaking responsibilities and obligations. I also cared for my grandmother. So of course, I wanted her overall well-being. And I also chose to take on the role of being her caretaker to a certain extent. I wasn't her only caretaker at the time, but I was one of them. And I took on these responsibilities knowing It was also from a place of caring for her. It was also from a place of loving her and wanting the best for her. But what happens oftentimes when we're in these romantic relationships or when we're in a marriage or long-term partnership is there isn't some conscious decision-making about the type of things that we're going to be doing for our spouse or for our partner. And what that might look like, and the tone behind it. Because the tone creates everything, right? If you're doing these things out of a sense of obligation and it hasn't been decided on ahead of time, what can happen is you might feel resentful. You might feel really burnt out because you're doing all these things that you think that you should or you have to, or it's your duty to do. It hasn't been something where there's been this open dialogue and discussion to even see, is this something that I want to be taking on? Now, I think that a lot of caretaking, whether if it's not maybe like a paid position, does involve a level of caring for the person that you're, I mean, it's in the word caretaking, like you care about their well-being. But the difference is, is we do feel this sense of obligation and responsibility. And we're not looking at this other person of just like, oh, I just genuinely care about them. And I really want the best for them. And I want all of these things. But they also have this autonomy. They are this individual. They can do these things on their own. They can make decisions on their own. When we're in a caretaking role, there might be things that you think that you should make decisions for the other person, or you start telling them what they should or shouldn't be doing. And that's when we start to go, huh, am I taking more of their caretaker role on instead of genuinely caring for them? The first thing that I have found as I was untangling this for myself and as I'm working with clients is to distinguish like there is a difference between kind of caretaking of the house or the home or the family versus caretaking for somebody else. 
So let me bring up an example to help illustrate what I mean by this. Let's take a very in, like basic example like making dinner. Now, I could make dinner as a caretaker. If I'm making dinner as a caretaker, it might like cooking because I have to right? Like it is something that I just must, like nobody can really do it on their own. Nobody else is pitching in. I just have to do this. And it's like this tone of like, I just have to, right? I could do like with the situation with my grandmother, I've chosen to take on this caretaking role. And this is my responsibility. Even though both feel like this obligation or this responsibility, one, I feel like I've chosen. The other feel like it was kind of just placed upon my lap, which is going to create a totally different experience with it versus making dinner with my Grammy, which is something I chose. I can also be making dinner out of this place that it is my responsibility because we had a conversation in our family that Tuesday nights I make dinner. And that also is going to feel a lot different. All three of these situations, it is my responsibility to make the dinner. But each one of them has a different driving motivation. It is going to create a different feeling and a different emotion as I'm doing it. One feels resentful, like, I do everything around here and I'm just making the dinner. One feels like a responsibility, like, oh, I've chosen to do this. This is a task I'm taking on to support my grandmother. I'm caretaking for her. The other one might feel like, okay, yes, I am caretaking. I'm making a meal for my partner, also for my children. But it's because we had this conversation and this is the role that I chose to take on that we chose together for me to take on on Tuesday nights. Caring is involved in the latter two. Caretaking is involved in the first one, where it only feels like it's out of this place of obligation and responsibility. When we can find that we're really falling into this role of caretaking alone is if we don't do it, we might feel guilty. It might feel like we don't really have a choice. Uh, Caretaking without the caring infused in it is going to drain you. It's going to play into that should. And oftentimes it's going to have you feeling more disconnected from your person to begin with because there hasn't been a conversation and there isn't genuinely this feeling behind it of like, I'm doing this because I really want my family to be well-fed and I don't mind taking this on. Now, I want to be clear here. You don't always have to have a conversation. Sometimes these roles just kind of naturally fall upon each other. It's like, my husband always takes out the recycling and the garbage. We never decided that was his task. It's just something that he does, and he does it to take care of our family. We can look at it as a caretaking thing. We can look at it as a responsibility, but I also know that he doesn't resent it. He's not like upset or mad that he is the garbage and recycler taker-outer, just like I don't resent or get mad that I'm the one that sorts and does all of the laundry. That's just something that we've done. But if you are in a situation, you know, in your household where you haven't had a conversation and it feels like it's just assumed, that's where the resentment comes in. That's where the bitterness comes in. And that's maybe where a conversation needs to happen. Because the thing about me doing that caretaking with the laundry or my husband doing it with the trash or the recycling is I don't feel like I am being his mother. 
I don't feel like I'm doing this because he is reliant on me. I don't feel like I'm doing this because he's dependent on me to sort the laundry. I'm doing this to contribute to the overall well-being of our home and the well-being of our house, and that feels good. Do I like doing it all the time? Would I rather be sitting and watching an episode of something and working on my cross-stitch? Absolutely. Of course I would, but I also don't resent it. It just seems like something that's going to be done and I feel okay doing it. And because I know that it's something that's supporting like the workings of our family, it doesn't feel bad to me. So, so much of the story and the way that we're presenting it to ourselves, or the way that it's decided upon is going to create this overall feeling and have us feeling more like a caretaker of the whole house or I care for my family and this is something that I'm choosing to do or that we've decided that I'm going to do and it feels good. It feels good to contribute in this way to the overall workings of our family. The other thing I want to say about the caretaking role, let's go back to this dinner example. Now let's decide that making dinner really is something that I do. It's something that I do for my family to support like the people or people of my house because I really care about them and I want them to be well fed and I want them to have like nutritious meals that I make. By the way, I'm actually not the cook in my family. My husband is, but let's just go with the idea. I mean, I do cook every once in a while, but I felt like it was more of a caretaker role. So we had a discussion about it and I am no longer doing that seven days a week, maybe two days a week. Anyway, so let's say that I was sick or I just was having a really hard day or I wasn't feeling well and I was like, I'm not going to make dinner tonight because I'm not feeling good. Even if it was decided on ahead of time, a caretaking role feels like I don't have a choice and I might feel really guilty afterwards. I might feel really guilty or like they're all depending on me and I let them down rather than seeing that everybody in my family probably is capable. If they're disappointed because they were looking forward to me cooking for them, that's one thing. I'm not responsible for making them happy. I'm also not responsible for making them a meal, especially when I'm not feeling my best. So that's another place that we can really pay attention to when we're falling into this caretaking role is to have this feeling of absolute guilt if we can't follow through with something and how we're going to feel afterwards. Like, oh my gosh, I'm letting everybody down. This is so horrible. And it's that feeling of dependence on you, dependence on you for a particular action and dependence on you to feel a particular way. So if we go to the example of my Grammy and taking care of her, there was a dependence there. My Grammy and my granddad were dependent on me going and getting those groceries. They were dependent on me of making those meals. And that is the feeling that's different. So even though in my own household, there might be actions that are similar, actions that look like caretaking, right? Actions like making dinner. But the reason that is different is because the people that I'm doing it for are not dependent on me doing that. 
Okay, so what happens over time is a lot of times if we haven't asserted ourselves in the role or gotten really clear about our intentions and motivations behind an act, behind an act of caring or supporting or really just being part of the dynamic of a house, it can turn into this place where it feels like one of the people is really needy for the other person. And when it becomes this really needy relationship, that's again when it starts feeling like you're being a caretaker instead of just genuinely caring for someone. So I remember when my husband and I were first you know, living together, he had quit his job and he had taken on contracting stuff. So he was a coder, web designer, all of these sorts of things. And so he would work like really long hours. Like he would just sit down and work on some coding project and like zone out for hours at a time. And he'd be so focused and into his projects, he would forget to eat. And I would just like come home from work or be doing, you know, stuff on the weekend. I would be like, dude, gotta eat. And I go and get him food because I cared about his well-being. Like he literally would forget to eat. And I would go in there and be like, hey, here's some food supporting him because I cared about him to eat. But what I noticed is over time, he's didn't ever use me bringing this to his attention to become aware of it and create a system on his own to make him sure he was fed if I wasn't around. And that's where it became like he felt needy or it felt needy, like he was being needy for me. It felt like he was dependent on me to make sure he was fed. And I didn't like that. And I don't think he did it. He wasn't doing it on purpose. There was nothing like ill intent behind it. It was just the dynamic and this thing that was playing out. He was focused. He was really into his work. He would forget to pay attention to his body cues that he needed to drink some water and eat some food. And when I was around, I would notice this and feed him. So we had to have this conversation. I was like, look, I was like, I'm not your mom. It's not my responsibility to make sure that you go to the dentist and eat your food and drink your water and do these normal, basic human things to take care of yourself. And I don't want to do that. That is not something that makes me feel very attracted (laughs) to you as my partner and as my lover and not me taking on the role of your mother. Like every once in a while, sure. But when it felt like it was dependent on me for him to be able to survive, that's when we had to have a talk. And it wasn't that big of a deal. It's just like, hey, how can we set this up? Like, how can you remind yourself to get some food? What can we do? Can we get some lunches delivered? Can we get some things? you know, taken care of. And that's when it was able for me to not feel like somebody was dependent on me for food and well-being, but that they were genuinely going to be okay on their own. And I got to just step back into the role of caring for this person, wanting the best for them, being encouraging, being supportive, but not feeling like they were dependent on me to survive, (laughs) really. So that's when, you know, over time, we can not even realize what's going on. And it's not, you know, most of us, we look back on it, we're like, oh my gosh, like, you don't even appreciate all these things I'm doing. You don't even see all these things I'm doing. But it's not like... A lot of times when we look at how this stuff has kind of happened or how it's played out, 
it's just not this conscious like delineation of tasks and things that people are doing for one another. They just happen. And they usually happen because out of a place of love and support and caring for one another. But then over time, the habit that kind of goes in is that we become dependent on the other person to do these things for us. We we create this neediness and this dependence. And so it's just a good thing to have these consistent check-ins with one another and be like, hey, how are you feeling about this? Like, how, you know, I notice that you're doing this all the time for me. I just want to make sure that that's still okay that you still want to be doing these things and vice versa. And we can change our minds. We all have the chance to change our minds, but don't assume that somebody has just, you know, become needy or become dependent on you because they don't care about you and they don't appreciate all that you do. And they're just out to get you because that's usually not what happens. Usually we don't, aren't even aware of what's going on. We just notice that somebody is doing something for us that's really nice and really loving and really supportive. And then we start to become dependent on them and relying on them to continue doing this. And Oftentimes, it just takes like an acknowledgement that this other person is doing this thing for you and saying, hey, thanks. I really appreciate that. And that's all it takes for it to not feel like it's a caretaking thing, but out of a genuine care. But this is where we can have these conversations with our partner. But first, take a look at for yourself, asking yourself, where do I feel like maybe there's this neediness that my partner is more needy or dependent on me for doing this? This can also be an emotional caretaking. This comes up a lot in my conversations with my clients where the wife feels dependent on their husband's happiness, that if they don't do certain things or plan certain things or act a certain way, that their partner might be disappointed, that they might not be happy. We actually use sex all the time as an act of caretaking. (laughs) And this is kind of what comes in when we talk about obligatory and duty sex is this idea that we're taking on sexual relations to make sure that our partner is taken care of, that they are having their needs met, that they're not going to be grumpy or upset, or maybe we feel like they need sex because they're really on edge or they're really stressed at work. And this is where we got to check ourselves. Are we doing this out of this place of responsibility or this feeling of responsibility or obligation or duty? Or is it because you genuinely care about the other person? Now, I'm not saying that just because you're having sex out of responsibility doesn't mean you don't care, but usually the act itself isn't well thought out enough to be like, wait, why am I doing this? Because guess what? You can do it because that might be in your radar. That might be something that you're thinking of, but it is very different when you're approaching an experience, especially a sexual experience from this place of responsibility or duty or obligation or my partner needs me. 
Do you know how yucky it feels when your partner just needs you like that versus wants you? Like, I want my husband to want me all day long. I want him to grab my ass and look at me like he craves me. I want him to want me. But needing me, that doesn't feel good. Needing me in that way makes me feel responsible for showing up. It makes me feel like there is like this duty or this obligation. And it's a very fine line. And a lot of times we unconsciously fall into this role of being a caretaker because we actually want to feel needed. We want that validation and it plays into our worthiness. And it's important for us to just take a look at it and be honest. There's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with wanting to feel needed. There's nothing wrong with feeling like what you're doing matters. There's nothing wrong with that. But how does it feel? We can understand exactly why this shows up. We can see all of the ways that the media has portrayed it generationally. It's been, you know, passed down from Grammys to moms to daughters over and over again, right? We can see exactly why it's there and why it plays out. The question that I want to ask for you is how does it feel in your body? Because if it's leading to resentment, if it's leading to tension, if it's leading to disconnect, if it's tainting your experience of intimacy and transparency and deep love with your partner, that's why we take a look at it. Not because there's something inherently wrong with wanting to be needed or feeling like being needed is something that you've done. Do you know how many things I've done in my life because I want to feel validated? Like a million, like let's just shame that all, okay? That's part of the human experience. But when we bring awareness to it and we realize that me chasing after validation or chasing after having feeling like I'm needed in some way doesn't actually create a good experience for me, that's what I can pause and take a look at it and reassess. So when we're talking about this caring versus caretaking, there is nothing inherently wrong with caretaking. But my question for you is, do you want to be a caretaker for your lover, for your spouse, for your partner? How does that influence the dynamic between you two when it comes to desire and attractiveness and love? And can you begin to switch it from this place of caretaking to genuine care and support? And again, it doesn't mean that a lot of the actions are going to look vastly different, but the way that you approach them and the way that you think about them are going to change everything. If I take a look, like I said, as the laundry of like, oh, nobody around here can do any of their own laundry. And here I am just doing it and feeling like they're all dependent on me for doing their laundry and feeling like everybody's needy for me, that I'm going to get really annoyed really fast. I'm going to be in a stress cycle most of the time. I am going to be like riled up and be thinking all these things and feeling all this distaste towards my husband in particular. Instead of, you know what? 
He does this. I do this. I'm happy to do this. I might not like it. Like I said all the time, it might not be my favorite thing to do, but I am still genuinely happy to do it. This is the way that I am supporting our household running smoothly. And that alone is going to change my whole tone of my body. It's going to open up my chest and probably going to open up my legs later too, because I feel good about the choices that I'm making. So take a pause, take a moment and ask yourself, how am I thinking about the tasks and the actions that I'm doing? And can I bring it back to this place where it's coming because I genuinely care and love this other person and not from a place of duty and obligation? And of course, the other thing that we need to do when we're taking a look at this caretaking versus caring is make sure you're prioritizing caring for yourself. (laughs) Self-care is not just a buzzword. It is a real thing. And the more that you fuel yourself, the more that you care for yourself, be present for yourself, have compassion for yourself, have empathy for yourself, you know, do things to support you, be your own caretaker, you are going to feel so much more supported and nourished to show up how you want to in these other relationships. Okay, that's what I got for you all this week. As always, it's been my absolute pleasure and I hope this has given you some little nuggets to chew on, seeds for thought for you to start paying attention to when you are consciously or unconsciously following into the role of caretaker, how it's influencing you showing up in this desirable, sensual, sexual relationship with your partner. And if you're not a huge fan of it, what are some different ways that you can start approaching the situations, thinking about it, feeling it. And maybe there's some discussions that need to come in about the roles and the duties and responsibilities each one of you is having to make sure that you're all on the same page about whose responsibility, what it, you know, whose responsibility, everything is in the house, everything that you're doing in this relationship so that you can stop feeling resentful, stop feeling this tension and get on getting it on. Okay. I'll talk with you next week. Take care.